With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It's the Sunday night pod. Chris Williams is... Uh, gallivanting around the Ozarks right now. Bloom, have you gotten any of the texts from Chris this weekend? No, I haven't. I feel oh, left my out. Goodness. Is oh, he having my a goodness. time? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Has he gotten into the Ozarks bourbon? I he has gotten into something. Uh, I'll have to tell you about it uh, off the off the podcast that, probably. But that that good, huh? I love it. It's funny. I so I was on the radio. I filled in for him on uh, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, and um, I told EZ and Ross that he was. I was like, I can about guarantee I'm going to get a text message at some point this weekend, two o'clock in the morning or something, of him chugging a bush light without a shirt on. And literally the first night he was there, it was one 30 in the morning. I get a text message. It's Chris Williams in a random Iowa state fan chugging a bush light. He's shirtless wearing a pair of camo cargo shorts. It couldn't have been more perfect brand. what I said. Yeah. It was exactly what I expected to be. See, you get those now I used to, and I just stopped responding. Like he would, he would FaceTime me at like one in the morning. And I was like, man, I went to bed an hour and a half ago, leave me alone. And then, and then I just stopped answering it. I put my phone on silent. So I don't get them anymore. I, cause I don't respond. You became an so, old head and I Chris, when he goes on these trips, he's trying to act like he's not an old head he, and just gets re- out of control. Yeah. Reliving his youth. And I, I just want to know how he feels the next morning, but maybe he's, maybe he's at that point where it doesn't bother him anymore. Well, he's, he's apparently coherent enough to think about basketball. Cause he's texted me three days in a row asking me to place bets for him on his bet rivers account. Oh, cause so. he's, cause he's in Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Well, and twice <laughs> I've told him that they're bad picks to make and he's, he's missed on both of them. And I'm like, I've tried to warn you both times that this is, yeah, I mean, happen. so you're, you're kind of like the, the, the proxy bookie there, by, by yeah, basically, but, but, but it's a contest. So I get it. That's yeah. funny. No, I need to, I guess. Yeah. I've just become, you know, I'm not, I'm not hip enough to get the Williams drunk text messages anymore. That's okay. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hurt that much. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, after that, that's a wonderful way to say this podcast is sponsored as always by our friends at Mechdyne. Uh, if you want to learn more about them, you want to figure out a way to work for them. You can check out their careers page at mechdyne.com. Fantastic people up there in Marshalltown, a great group of cyclones Hi. and people that are fun to work with. I will say this, Chris Clover, who's the, the founder, one of the founders and the CEO of McDyne knows when he's on vacation, he can have a good time. That's part of it. It's part of the work-life balance and they appreciate a work-life balance. And if you need to take time to go to the Ozarks and have a couple pops, so be it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. All right. So it was a pretty busy week. Um, I mean, the big news, uh, was the college football playoff expansion discussion uh, getting closer to the reality of having 12 teams in that college football playoff, which I think is going to be really good for schools like Iowa state, Iowa, and uh, other ones across the Midwest here. But then also Iowa with the announcement that they will start selling alcohol at all of their, uh, at all of their sporting events. So we're going to talk about both of those things. Let's start with the playoff. What was your instant reaction, I guess, when you first started seeing this at the early part of the week, you know, I think when there was a lot of smoke there, yeah, uh, that made purpose. it pretty clear this was probably going to happen, but um, I didn't think maybe it would be two days and all of a sudden it would seem almost official. Yeah. All, all, interesting. Anytime Pete Tamil has something and he had that initial report, I think it was on Tuesday. He's usually getting that from one of the power brokers somewhere. I mean, he's pretty much, and, and Chris and I have talked about this before and you guys have, there are certain people when they float something like that out. So if Jeff Passon on, on baseball has something, they're getting it from somebody high up. It's like a trial balloon to get the reaction before it actually goes forward. So, I, you know, when Thamel had that on Tuesday, I was like, okay, this is going to happen as long as the reaction is pretty favorable. And it was, and, you know, initially I thought for sure the playoff was going to expand. I thought eight was going to be the first step. Uh, but I, I makes a lot of sense why you just jump into 12, because I think you're able to include four more. It appeases the sec and the big 10, because you don't have to worry if you, if you have all of those automatic qualifiers in for winning their conference championship, you're not then limited. So, I mean, this actually, so if it was eight, it really would have helped the big 12 because you're in a 10 team league as opposed to 14. But now with the 12, you can keep your leagues as is, and if you're good enough, chances are if you finish in the top four in the SEC, you're probably going to get in the playoff, I would say. And so by getting it to 12, that helps them out. They can get their numbers and everyone's happy. I like the idea of incorporating home field. I think that maximizes in the regular season, meaning in addition to the conference championship game, the next thing that comes conference championship games. I almost I, wondered I, if that would be something they'd get rid of. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I do because of contractual obligations to TV and you still need that audit. I mean, so who do you then, who do you then present as your automatic qualifier then? Right. I mean, do you do it the one that had the best record right. during, and so you still need somebody that gets in automatically. For instance, the pac 12 this year, they probably don't have a natural get into the playoff if not for somebody winning that uh, championship game, which ended up being Oregon. I mean, Oregon ended, was what 21st when they yeah, played Iowa like state. That. So yeah. I still think you need to keep those for TV. We'll want them for one. It's a championship game. The ratings are better for championship games rather than just a general game anyway. And it helps that progression of from regular season into the playoffs. And it's a, it's a, it's a could be, it could be an elimination game. So you're almost extending the playoff in another weekend by keeping the championship games. And those, I don't know the exact number, but the big 12 got like an extra $40 million a year from TV for that championship game. That's a lot of money. I mean, they're not, and you're not just making that up somewhere else. And so I think they have to keep these championship games is the reason why they kept them. They started them to begin with. It's all about the TV revenue and that's not going away anytime soon. I think, the teams involved may say, Hey, we don't need to do this. You know, if we're like, if you're Iowa state last year, um, you know, obviously probably gets in anyway, but say, you know, we, we don't want to damage our resume anymore by losing this championship game. 
you know, I think the first reaction is no, let's just not have that. But I think the drama at the end of the day, it's an entertainment product. Uh, you, ha- you keep these games anyway. I could see the sec and the big 10 pushing back a little bit, but at the end of the day, when they're getting 50, $60 million checks to play that game, the game's going to happen. See, and like, I, I feel like the only people that would really be hurt by it are the ones it would have been. I mean, Iowa state or Oklahoma last year. It's like when they're both nine and 10 going into the game in the rankings, I yes. mean, that's where I feel like you'd be, man, I really wish we didn't have to play this because we're putting us ourselves in a position where if one of us got beat by two touchdowns or something, you drop five spots, all of a sudden you're not getting in, you know? True. And that's like, so I think that there's some weird things, or, I mean, even think, think if you're in the American athletic conference and you've got UCF and Memphis playing in the championship game, you know, Memphis is like 23rd or 24th UCF is third, not 13. They're, they're nine. They're undefeated, you know? Yep. Yep. If you're the American athletic conference, you're like, man, we really don't want UCF to lose this game because we want to have that money where our champion will be right up in there in the mix to get into the playoff playoff. Yeah. But if they lose and get upset, Memphis probably isn't gonna be able to jump high enough to get in. UCF no. is going to probably fall back far enough to be knocked out. So it's like, in some level, I feel like they were trying to appease to even the group of fives to make it seem like give the illusion, maybe that the group of five had a better chance than the, I mean, they do have a better chance than in the four, but make it seem like it's not as stacked of a deck, but I also feel like they're going to be still left out in the cold because of the wackiness that can happen in some of those leagues. Right. I think, I think this way with 12, you'll get one, maybe two group of five in. I think you almost have to include, well, yeah, it is part of it. I mean, it's part of the regulation. You have to include one group of five, I believe we'll get into this thing, but it's still going to be instead of two sec teams, you're going to get four instead of, you know, one big 10 team, you're going to get two. Like it, it's not, it's still going to be the power leagues that are widely involved here, but you know, as a coastal, if, if, if coastal would have won their last game, you know, maybe they, maybe they sneak in or something like that. I just think it, it adds entertainment. And that's why I don't think they're getting rid of the conference championship games because it's still an entertainment product and it just extends the playoff basically another week. And then, I mean, the, the other part of it here that I think it will be, it will be really good. Is it just every game in the regular season is amplified now for everybody because you know, even like Iowa state, right? Like there was an outside chance. A lot had to go right for them to get in the four in about after week 11 last year, they need like six different dominoes to fall. But just think of if you're Iowa state last year, you know, you know, if we, if we take care of business and at least compete with Oklahoma, we're getting in the playoffs. How cool of a conversation would that have been? Yeah. You know, where we had the conversations like, well, you know, maybe they'll penalize Ohio state because they only played five games and maybe Florida stumbles and maybe this, like you needed a lot of different things to happen where, like you said, to start this, it's a legit conversation for uh, probably 16 to 18 schools going in the final two weeks, which will make, make and just maximize everything throughout the regular season. I mean, plus the playoff is just going to print money. Yeah. I mean, they just, the, the, the TV ratings, this thing will get are going to be insane. And so, I mean, I think that college football, if this goes through has never been a more valuable product than it will be. And so that's, that's, that's great news considering some of the uneasiness elsewhere. And I think they'd be smart too, to split the television rights between some of their partners. 
Like don't yes. give it all to ESPN, get some with ESPN, get some with Fox, try and maybe get CBS in on the mix, NBC, whoever wants in, but it's like, we're going to package out this entire thing and not just make it a one size fits all where you might no. end up playing on a ESPN two or ESPN U or something like that. That's a great point. I think, and I almost have to, with that many games, I think you can't, I would hope they wouldn't put everything on the ESPN networks and then, then you make even more money. I was looking this up today, Jared, the average NFL playoff game last year, as far as TV ratings averaged about 30 million viewers, just even in the wild card game. Okay. The, uh, the average bowl game last year averaged about 3 million viewers. So my point is you put a playoff thing, even if it's just an, a label, I think you increase the TV ratings that much more. And even the, the playoff games in the, in college football, they averaged around 16 to 18 million. So you're never going to catch the NFL for viewers, but you're going to, you're going to, you know, get way more viewers than a generic cheer bowl or music city bowl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm curious what's going to happen to those bowl games, but my, my long story short, they, they will be able to maximize viewers, which means more ratings, more money and, and everyone's taken care of. And, you know, college football is going to be extremely healthy because of it. And ultimately I think this means you can probably go down a path a little bit easier of paying players more than they're getting now from stipends and everything else. But that's, again, that's probably further down the path, but this, this is going to be a cash boon specifically for the power five conferences. One of the other things that I, I thought about right away was I almost wonder if those schools in the sec will feel less incentivized to play high level non-conference games. Yeah. Because now it's literally just win the games on your schedule. And like, you're going to be in the top 12, you know, good point. I mean, why would a Georgia play Notre Dame? Why would you play? Why would Alabama play Oklahoma state or Ohio state? Why would they play Oregon? Because now you don't need to boost yourself to four. You just need to get yourself into top you win 12. It, yeah. You need to win nine and a half games, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're and, nine or 10, you're on the bubble. And at that point, why would you play teams that are, you know, like I, I still hope that we'll have games like the Cyhawk game because of the uh, you, yeah, I'm just gonna go there. Yeah, yeah, why the, the Cyhawk game? But at the same time, like the random non-conference games that just are signed contracts signed for 2038 and stuff like that, you know, like I would not sign deals like that. And two, another piece of this is Notre Dame is not going to be able to get an automatic entry without being in a conference. And if I was all the teams that schedule Notre Dame, I'd say, we're not going to play you anymore. I mean, because at that point, then does Notre Dame just fill this schedule with cupcakes and like, they're not going to be able to get in, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting if, if Notre Dame goes 11 and one by playing a bunch of just nobodies, they probably still get it. Yeah. But that's what I mean. (laughs) I thought it was so weird because Jack Swarbrick, the, the athletic director at Notre Dame was on this committee that put this thing together but then I was like, it's kind of odd that they're not in any way involved in being in the framework of how you could get a buy or how you could get that automatic bid. They, I still think with their brand, if they're even anywhere close, they're going to get in to the 12, but yeah, it, it is interesting because this limits them just a bit. So you bring up an interesting point. Why, what value now for Iowa and Iowa state is there to play that game? Because, Okay obviously just the emotional connection, but if I'm asking you, Jared, you know, general Iowa state fan, would you rather make the playoffs 
as an 11th, the 11th ranked team, or would you rather play the Cyhawk game? Make the playoff. Right. Every time. Yeah. Every I mean, time. at this point, at this point, that gets you more than winning the Iowa, Iowa state game. I think it's a great game. I'm not one of these that just can't stand it. I've been known to mix it up with the Hawkeye fans a little more in my younger days than I do now, but I just, the value that you're right. I mean, it didn't dawn on me till now, but if there's ever a point now, it's the same reason why the big four games don't get played in men's basketball anymore. It's, and I understand it's a legislative thing. Like the legislature says, Iowa and Iowa state, you have to play. But if, if Barta and Pollard went to them and said, Hey, this isn't actually for our net benefit benefit here. If we went to even an every other year thing, maybe, maybe that's the answer. But I think this is a realistic conversation you have to have now. If you already have nine conference games and each do now, Iowa and Iowa state, and you're playing a high level game, Iowa and Iowa state are both going to be in the top 15 this year. They probably won't always be that way, but the way it's trending, both are perennial top 25 teams over the last five years. Is this the best thing to have on your schedule every year? Because at best, at best, it's a coin flip game. As far as the Iowa state's been concerned in the last 10 years, at worst, Iowa state hasn't beaten Iowa yet. And so you, you think about, you know, what could derail a season. And if you go seven and two in the big 12, but you lost to Iowa, there's no chance you're getting in the top 12. If you replace Iowa with Akron, you win that game. And then you're 10 and two overall, you're probably right on the bubble. And, and so I, I think those are conversations like, listen, I understand the importance of the Iowa I was taking. I'm a big fan of the game, but I think this is now four is one thing because the chances of, 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 you know, that really mattering when you're in the top four are, are slim. But when you start talking about 12, Iowa and Iowa state have both been in that same position within the last five years of being a perennial playoff team. If it was the structure coming ahead in two years from now. So I think it's a conversation that needs to at least happen. I don't think anything will change, but it's realistic to talk about that contract runs through 2025. Right. I think that that's what they extended to that, the last time. That sounds right. Yeah. And again, the people, if you look up the history of the Iowa, Iowa state game, it's interesting. So they didn't play from like 1936 to 1970 something. 78, I think was 78. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And, and it, because Iowa was horrible, it was Iowa that dropped the game originally, by the way. And, uh, but then it picked back up because the legislature said, okay, it's silly for you guys not to play each other. And, and here we are. So I don't know. I mean, something this big, when you, when you basically change your entire structure and how you're going to feed in to get into the best position possible, playing this Iowa State game, there aren't many schools that have this non-conference of this high of caliber every single year. Now, some will schedule different teams, but very few actually have this that, that are playing, you know, Clemson, South Carolina is one of them. Um, you know, Georgia, Georgia tech, but even then, those, like those are not near as competitive, you know, I mean, they maybe have been previously, but right now Clemson and South Carolina are nowhere close to each other. Georgia, Georgia tech are nowhere close to each other. Like true for this one where it's like, this game is huge for both teams every year and can really make or break, like where yeah. you're going to be ranked later on in the season. Well, and the SEC is still only playing eight conference games. I mean, this is, this is Chris talks about all the time. This has to change now. I mean, even if we're going to expand it to 12, you have to have all these leagues playing the same number of conference games. It's just not, it's not equitable. And it hasn't penalized the SEC if they have no, they have no reason to change unless they're told to, but it's, it's just, it's ridiculous 
that the Big 12 and the Big 10, and I think the, I don't even know what the Pac-12 is doing because they've been so irrelevant, to play, play 75% of your games in conference when the other league is playing 66%. That's, and then they can just, like you said, they schedule four wins right off the bat. And then all they have to do to make the playoff stands would go, what? They got to win. They got to go six and two and they're in, in, in conference. And your, two, so. and your two losses, like you don't even have to beat probably the good teams. If you've got Alabama no. and Florida on your schedule, like if you just beat everybody else, Alabama yep. and Florida are going to be up there anyway. So it doesn't matter. That, that's an excused loss. So this yeah. actually, I mean, the more I think about it, this is set up for the SEC to get like four or five teams in. And it is what it is. Okay. They have been the power of college football in the last 20 years. I understand it, but I don't think this is going to include a bunch of other conferences. I think this is going to get more of the powers in now you'll, you'll obviously have your token teams that get in, but this will still be dominated by the sec and then Ohio state and Oklahoma. And my concern is like, I feel like the more we do this and the more we include things like this and the more we need some of that uh, consistency from thing to thing, like we have to get someone who is a governing body of just college football. Like someone has to be able to mandate these things, you know, otherwise it's, we're going to end up in a position where like everybody is just going to figure out a way to manipulate their rules to benefit themselves the most, the more and and more that you open this up in my mind. And it ha- yeah. And it would come from the college football playoff group. Like that's where it should come from. But I just, I don't, as long as there's this much money involved, they're not going to, they're not going to try and fix what isn't broken yeah. and they'll be able to print more money now because of what's going to happen with this playoff. And, you know, I, it is unfortunate because it's an unequal playing field, a lot of in, in, in many terms, but that also it's part of the beauty of college football and why it, it's so entertaining is because you can have these arguments that, oh, well, they don't belong here. We belong. I mean, how many times have, you, have we had the, when Iowa State's been awful, it's like, well, the big 10 still sucks. So Iowa, you're not very good either. I mean, that's part of it. I, I do think the nice part is it's a lot more enjoyable as a fan to argue who should be team 12, you know, that 12, 13 bubble rather than four or five, because chances are 12 and 13 is not going to matter in the long run anyway, where four or five could. So I think by allowing more teams, it'll at least be dictated more on what happens and results on the field. What would have been the opening line on an Iowa state coastal Carolina quarterfinal in 2020? Oh, so then it would have been an eight. No quarterfinal. It probably would have had to have been in wherever coastal Carolina is. I can't remember where it's at, but because uh, they would have been a conference champion technically. Uh, oh, sure. I didn't even think one of that. the highest ranked conference champions, I think from what I what I was able to if, decipher. It would have been a pick them. Probably. probably. Yeah. And then Iowa State would have beat them by two touchdowns. I was going to say, Iowa State probably would have destroyed them. But if, if it would have been in Ames, it's like Iowa State by seven or something like that. Yeah. But it's the variance of the playoff. Like you just have no idea. Yeah. Can you imagine if Iowa State's first playoff appearance and they would have to go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina? No, but to make it even worse, what it's what if their first playoff appearance they had to go to Boise, Idaho? Yeah. Oh gosh. Which everyone is making a big deal of like, oh my gosh, can you imagine the how cold it's going to be in some of these locations? The Green Bay Packers play in the playoffs <laughs> in Green Bay every year. And yeah, it's cold, but it's like it's not the end of the world. Now, uh, if if we if we have the turf situation that we had for the the game that shall be say, not mentioned against Drake. And that's another issue, but I was just going to say, just imagine what I, uh, what the field at Jack Trice stadium would be like after that many games, 
uh, and then there's a huge snow storm in <laughs> early December. Cause that would be like, they're not even hey. early December. That's mid December. That's like the second week or third week of December at that point. The, the fine people of the Iowa state turf department should just talk to the Packers and say, Hey, what are you guys doing? How do you figure it out? For sure. For sure. It's, my last thing, it's crazy to think that we're considering the possibility of whether or not they should play the Cyhawk game for both teams playoff implications. When a couple of years ago, we were talking about whether or not they should play it because Iowa state needs another win to just get to bowl eligibility every year. <laughs> I know, right. I, I mean, it's fun every once in a while to step back and go, we're really having this conversation that Iowa state, if by the, the, the new format would have been a playoff team last year. Well, and I saw, I saw this week that ESPN put out a rankings of like college football, future power rankings. And it was, it was projecting out like the next six years or three years. I can't remember exactly what, right. it was. I think maybe it was three years. I would say it was 15th on there. Wow. And I, I was like, man, even with all of the people that they have losing and then, or that they'll lose after this year. But then, I mean, you look at, like they pointed out, you know, hundred deckers and people like that. And it's like, they're, they should not have that steep of a drop-off where you can go from being a top 10 team to where you're a top 20, top 15 team. This is where it's fun. When you're a great program is Iowa state, hopefully will have a couple of blowouts at some point during the season. And then you can look at, you know, somebody like a deckers or a Jalen Noel, or, 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 you know, some of these guys that we've heard a little bit did you about see the dunk that he had on Twitter. I yesterday? did. That's oh my goodness. Pretty filthy athlete, but there's some, there's guys that haven't been able to play, but we know they're good. Jalen so Noel is like five eleven, and he's throwing down these monster dunks. Whatever happened, what happened to you? Why couldn't you do these things? Jalen still got about four inches on me <laughs> and I was, uh, I you was were only four out. inches away from being able to yeah, do those things. That's right. And, and, you know, I was back shooting bombs. You know, I was more right. of your Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Yeah. 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 I didn't mix it up with the bigs. I knew better. It's okay. It's a grown man's area down there. You yeah, don't want I don't, I don't we, go we don't want you down there to mix it up, Brent. I don't rebound. I was just saying, you, you'd get hurt that. down there. Just stay away. Yeah. Just stay no, away. I, I know my, hey, it's a, you know, stay in your box. My box was three-point line to three-point line. I'm not going in the paint. I'm not getting rebounds. I'm there to be an average to average to below average defender and make shots. There we go. There we I'm go. I'm basically Jordan Bohannon. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh gosh. Shot fired at J-Bo. <laughs> um, he's he's uh, had worse this, this month. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, all right. Before we switch things over, talk about uh, what happened this week at the university of Iowa. We need to give a quick shout out to our friends at gravitate co-working. Gravitate co-working, you know, everybody is uh, starting to get back into the office. I had a lot of friends that uh, had been out of the office for more than a year up until maybe, you know, the last couple weeks. Uh, and it was an adjustment then for them to get back into the office and start doing things like that. Maybe your company is not having people come back into the office at this point, or maybe they're never going to have to go back to the office again. You're just working from home. But hey, believe me, I understand the distractions of working from home. I work from home most every day. Uh, I've got my dog here. I got my roommates here. You know, of course, my PlayStation's here, man. And there's everything that you want to do besides work and it's going to distract you uh, all the time that's why i say you should call our friends at gravitate co-working they've got their locations in downtown des moines 500 locust street uh, they've got the one in midtown out in windsor heights there's of course the gravitate open now in jefferson 
and then the one open in Cedar Falls as well. So maybe if you're a UNI student or just getting out of school at UNI or something like that, you want to get a uh, get hooked up with your own office space at Gravitate. Like that's a fantastic place. That's Gravitate Coworking. Uh, they are uh, a fa- it's a fantastic idea. Something that you know I think me and Chris have even discussed possibly. Uh, finding a, a place for our uh, for us to work during the day, uh, be able to do some more you know brainstorming in person and things like that. Uh, once we you know start hitting the ground again, uh, maybe in the fall, but uh, you can check them out more online at gravitatecoworking.com. Uh, and I, I strongly suggest that you do. Also, want to give a shout out to our friends at the Iowa Clinic. I've been working for Cyclone Fanatic, this is crazy to think, almost eight years uh, later this summer, and that entire time, who has been there right by our side? Of course, it's the Iowa Clinic. If you need to, maybe you need to get a COVID uh, test before you can hop on an international flight, well, hit up the Iowa Clinic. They're going to be able to do that. They're going to be able to get you in quick. They're going to make uh, make it easy, get you results fast, and it's going to be like a snap of the fingers. You know, maybe you need to uh, get into the urgent care. Your kid's sick. You're sick. Who, who knows? You Check out the Iowa Clinic. They've got their locations all over the metro. Uh, they make it quick. They make it easy. And they've got fantastic people there as well. So we will be right back to talk more here on the Sunday Night Podcast in just a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so a big bomb dropped earlier this week, Brent, with uh, when Iowa, the Iowa Athletic Department, announced that they're going to start selling alcohol at sporting events in Kinnick Stadium, Carver Hawkeye Arena, so on down the line starting this fall. Uh, it feels like something that is inevitable at a lot of places. What do you think the odds are that maybe if this goes well for Iowa, Iowa State starts to explore something like this? Yeah, it's really interesting. And so I think the first thought here is, oh man, these schools, if they would just sell alcohol in the stadium and in arenas would just print money. And that's not true. This is, this, this makes money, but it's not that much money. Okay. Let me kind of break down the figures here. LSU in 2019, back when they had full stadiums and LSU uh, has alcohol consumption, they made about just in sales and sales about $2 million dollars. Right. But so then you have to split most contracts in college athletics. You split that 50, 50 between the school and the, uh, the service that runs concessions. So now you're down and this is LSU. Okay. We're talking probably one of the bigger ones out there. So now you're down to a million dollars. Then you have to, uh, split some of that 
with, you know, the, the distributor and everybody else. So at the end of the day, it's not like you're making buku dollars, you know, LSU's athletic department revenue total is probably 130, $140 million. $1 million is not a small amount, but it's not like it's, is that much money that just, you know, having alcohol sales is going to take you to places you've never been before. It's, it will cover some expenses, but so that's why schools like Iowa state, which would not be anywhere near what LSU makes. It's kind of been the point where it's probably not worth the headache of trying to administer. Now we're getting to the point where everybody else is starting to get alcohol. So I think in the big 12, at least in games that I've been to uh, West Virginia and Texas for sure do. I, and I'd have to, and, and that might be it still in the big 12. Like there's not that many, but you're starting to see it now. So Drake has it for basketball. Um, uh, you've seen now Iowa embrace it a little bit. And so slowly you're kind of seeing more and more of these alcohol sales. But as, as Gary Barta said in the press release, and I believe him, I absolutely do. This is more of a fan customer service situation than a moneymaker. And it's basically another reason for get pe- to get people to come to the yeah. football game. And we talked about it last week where Iowa's fan attendance has been dropping slowly dropping in the last 10 years or Iowa state's on, on the upswing. Now, do I think it would help the fan experience and, and the majority of people going to Jack Trey stadium would appreciate having alcohol. I do, but Iowa state's got a couple other things here. So they also have some incentives for premium ticketing areas. And one of the perks of being in premium seating is you have alcohol. So that would be the souk up end zone club and the cyclone club, not to mention the, 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 the suites as well. And so in order to be in the souk up club or the cyclone club, you have to give a certain cyclone club donation. I think souk ups $2,500 annually. And I believe to be in the cyclone club, it's, it's a little bit more than that. So the point is Jared, I don't know how many that would impact, but if, if you tell somebody, all right, you no longer in order to get alcohol during the game, you don't have to donate this $2,500 to be in the souk up club. You can be anywhere and you, you can, you can get alcohol. Do you know, does that then cannibalize your own revenue stream in the premium areas? I don't know. I don't think it would, it would, it would impact it too much, but it's one of those things when then when you throw in the whole, you know, it's, I don't know if it's a, a legality situation, but just the moral thing of, do we really want alcohol in a stadium where you still have students? And I, I, I laughed, I literally laughed out loud reading the Iowa press release. And they said, yeah, you know, we're going to sell alcohol, but we're not going to put any alcohol closer than three sections away from the student section at, at Kinnick as if, well, you know, they're, they won't walk down there. You know, they're going to be three sections. It's like, come on now. I mean, that's, it's just window dressing at that point, but they're, is they're it worth it? That those are the kids who will pay for alcohol anyway, and not just sneak it in somehow. Right. Well, <laughs> exactly. So they're going to point taken. So it's, is it worth the inconvenience of a lot of different factors to serve alcohol? I think it would, the majority of fans would be for it, but it's not to make a bunch of money. Now you, I would say would probably make, you know, 500, $800,000, somewhere in that neighborhood, which is, I'm not, it's, I'm not, that's not small potatoes here, but it's not doing something just to, you know, fund your athletic program because it wouldn't do that. It would be more just a, a fan service customer service thing for, to help drive attendance. And I, I imagine too, there would be massive liability that would come with that. I, and I don't know. I mean, so 
they've, they sold the big 12 championship game. They sell up bowl games. The NFL has done it. All these professional sports have done it. So I don't know. I mean, they, they, they have to have insurance, right? Like right. any bar has insurance. You have insurance to cover that part of it. Again, though, that takes away, I guess, from any revenue you'd have from the situation. I don't think, I think Iowa state will, if everybody else is, is moving that way. But as far as I know in the big 12, it's still less than half sell alcohol. I have, I've been at a, I went to a West Virginia, Oklahoma game in Morgantown and watched Trey young. I had about four Bud lights and it was, it was great. And I, how many times have you ever heard somebody say, Oh, well, I would have gone to the game if they sold alcohol. Like, I don't, I just don't yeah. know how much is that going to swing people. And I understand why they would say, Oh, it's a fan service and like things like that. But I don't think that that is something that's going to make or break it for somebody. You know, great point. If you really want to go to the game, you're going to go to the game. If you don't want to go to the game, I don't think that like the opportunity to be able to drink beer there changes your decision. You know, when it's something like take, for instance, the Iowa Cubs, if I, I'm not going to go to a baseball game at principal park to watch the Iowa Cubs play. Like I don't, I could not care less about triple a minor league baseball yes. or whatever they, they call it now. But the fact that I can go out there, enjoy being outside, hang out with my friends and have some, have some beers at the same time. Like that's what it's about. It's about the experience of doing that, but you have to do that at those kinds of things because of the reality that nobody cares in college athletics. That's not a thing. People True. are going to care regardless. And people, you know, at Iowa, like I know that their attendance might be steadily dropping and things like that, but I can guarantee you if Iowa had a really, another really good season, Kinnick stadium is going to be full. Carver Hawkeye arena is going to be full regardless of whether or not they sell alcohol. Yeah, no, great point. And that's, that's why I was a little bit surprised for the timing, unless they really thought it would, it would help, you know, how much drive is more attendance went into it to make up. I mean, Obviously yeah, a little bit in those troubles, but yeah, but, but again, you're talking 800,000 to a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's listen, it's still 800,000 to a million dollars, but in, in an Iowa athletic department that is making 140, $145 million a year, that's less than a percent. So yes, it helps a little bit, but that's not, that cannot be the main driver. What it can be though, Jared, is if they, they release this in June, right? So this is, this is put on your, put on your strategic hat. They released this in June and I can pick up 250 to 500 casual fans and say, you know what, now that they're going to have alcohol there, that might convince me to buy a season ticket. And that's where your revenue is coming from. It's not the alcohol, but from the season ticket spawned by the news that they would have this. That's why they released this in June mm -hmm. and they don't release it the week before the season, because this way they can try and get a couple more season tickets out of it. It's I get, but not, not a huge number for what people might imagine alcohol sales would bring in. So I don't, and, and you, you make a great point. That's why Iowa state's not going to be in a rush to do this because they're going to have a, a attendance record this year without this. And so they don't need necessarily need the alcohol sales because of all the extra curriculars that come along with it to get more people there. They just don't need it this year. And so I don't think Jamie's going to be, and he's never been one. And he, uh, and, and he's, he's a man of his word. He's been true to, I still want this to be a family atmosphere. And that's how I was, it's grown. A lot of it's, it's fan base is through the family initiatives. And, you know, you may not agree with it, 
but that is a, that is a portion that he is not going to just sacrifice. I don't want to call it morals because I don't know if it's good to that level, but sacrifice that part of it just to make, you know, several hundred thousand dollars. I think this is something that for me, I am, I don't, I'm neither for it or against it. I'm kind of just like, it is what it is. If it's there, it's not, but I also am not a fan at the games. So that probably changes my uh, perspective a little bit, but like, I just don't think it's that massive of a deal. You know, who's going to be the next one to announce they're going to do this though. Uh, Bill Moose at Nebraska is going to have to put this out. They got to keep the sellout streak going. So they got to get the alcohol flower. Oh my gosh. Here's a question. Here's a question for the fans. Would you rather Iowa state sell alcohol in the stadium at Jack Trice stadium, or be able to go at halftime still to your tailgate? Because that, I mean, that's, that might be the trade, right? Like, okay, we'll sell alcohol, but you're not going to be able to get back in to the stadium. I feel like that has improved in recent years. Well, I guess obviously last year wasn't, doesn't really count, but like, sure. I remember, do you remember the year? What was it? Uh, 2017 when TCU came and the yeah. whole, I mean, that place was rocking the entire first half. Iowa state had the 14 to zero lead at halftime. Everybody leaves at halftime. It's dead silent when the second half starts and Cavante Turpin takes the opening kick of the second half back for a touchdown. And half the people in the stadium were still out in their cars, uh, taking a, a shot of fireball before, <laughs> and they come back and it's 14 Ooh. to seven all of a sudden. It was a chilly afternoon. I can't blame them, but yeah, yeah no, that it, it has impacted things, but I honestly, that's probably the trade-off, right? Like if it's either, because then you're, then you're just, you're, you're hurting yourself. Like if, if you want to make money off this beer, you can't let people leave and go get a free beer when they can be paying eight bucks for a beer and Jack Trice over halftime. Like that's going to change it. So it's, it's, uh, you know, six here, half a dozen, the other, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. I was surprised when I read that, that I would go that move right now, but you know, I would guess. And, and they're going like zero to 100 too. Yeah. They're like not even, not, not even exploring possibilities or anything nope. like that. It's like, no, we're in, we're doing it all right away and we're going full board. Yeah. With it. yeah and Hey, and maybe they, they did not, they have more money to make up than Iowa state did. Maybe this will yeah. sa- save their uh, diving program. It, oh man another low blow to the, to the divers. It will be interesting just to see how many places I think do start to make changes. I mean, with coming back to stuff like this, like I think it opened the door for people to have a lot of time to come up with new ideas and implement things like that, that you maybe would have been further away from doing, you know? True. And I think there's a possibility that a lot of people found out how nice it is to sit on your couch and watch games, you know? I mean, my parents have been longtime season tickets. Well, my, my grandpa bought the season tickets in the seventies for Nebraska games. And this was the first time that my parents ever considered seriously considered giving up their tickets Wow! because it was just like, we don't mind watching the games at home. And if we want to go, we can pay a lot less and buy single game tickets and probably sit somewhere better than what you do playing or buying the, the season ticket, you know? No, great point. It, it's a good time for Iowa state to have a great football program because there's some people who, you know, during the pandemic also there, there are some people like that you and me that we, we miss sports even more when they were gone. There's others who are more fringe fans and just casual that said, whatever, during this, during the fall, I don't need to go to that game. I'll go hiking or I'll go, you know, on a bike trip or do something. And so I'll be curious what attendance looks like in the fall, you either have this pent up demand of all these people who missed it so much and you'll, you'll have better attendance. Or I think for some programs that have struggled, 
I mean, people have just have found other things to occupy their time. And so it could be a tough time. And that's why you may see more of these Iowa Cubs types moves where you're just trying to get people in the stadium one way or another, and you get their dollar. No, no matter what. Absolutely. No matter what, I think that uh, college football this next year is going to be electric across the it country will. with people being excited I, to yeah. get back into stadiums and it, support their teams. If the uh, atmosphere at, at uh, NBA playoff games in that, that freak show in Denver for the, the soccer match last Sunday night, oh, yeah. where, I mean, there people have lost when you get, and then you did see the, do you see the, the, the beer cup snake for the Cubs Cardinals yes. game today? Yes. I, I mean, college football this fall is going to be insane. I can't wait to see what Jack Trite Stadium looks like dude. on just that first what, Saturday. My gosh. We've seen these uh, all these videos of fans fighting the fans, right. spitting on people. <laughs> there will be a controversy at the Seahawks game because two people get in a fight in the stands. I already know that it's going to happen. Do we know, and I could probably ask, is the Iowa band invited or not? Like, I hope not. Like, that's just that's not even – Let's not even play with that dynamite. Like it's not because I, Hey, you know, people on both sides, I'm going to both sides you right now. Yeah. That when they see the band, they're just, they can't help themselves. Some folks who would be in the know on these kinds of things mentioned the Iowa band to me last week, uh, when I was in Ames and there is still animosity held towards that, those folks. And I would well, not be surprised if their seats maybe changed at Jack Tri stadium. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, season. that's a given and that's good. That's for security. You know, yeah. You know, stick them away from the, the people. No, I mean, why does the band need to, anyway, that's another topic for a, another day, but maybe the Iowa band will be there. It's too bad I, Chris I, isn't here because he's a band guy. He would have he, been much he more the band. <laughs> uh, trying to defend them a lot more than what I think either of us. Did, but well, okay. So you're you're uh, you write for the Des Moines Register week of the game. Do you have a feature on the band? Oh, you because know that, it's going to happen. You know it's happening, right? You know it will happen. Well, we're having a band feature, and someone will. There will be an oral history of the band incident. <laughs> Maybe not, maybe not this upcoming year, but like five years from now, someone will write in oral history of the 2019 Seahawks game. It might be me. I don't even know. It might be I, me. I, that game had everything. It literally had it. Do you remember when people ran out of the students ran out on the field yes. in the middle of the, the delay? Yes. And, <laughs> and the, that ended up being like the eighth most least amazing thing of that game. And I, I swear to God in the press box, I, I love my media brothers i i love them all so death. panic panic and oh shock. my god you would have thought that someone had just gone out on the field and stripped naked <laughs> and then started swinging their private areas around like a helicopter Cancel the reaction. Game. these Cancel kids the are tearing up the field oh my god i'm like geez guys like they're standing the freaking rainstorm it's not that big a deal man oh. they got right back off the field like it wasn't nothing yeah. happened that was just think how much alcohol would have been sold in that rain delay though. Well, they would have almost had to stop selling alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. it's like at the uh, baseball games, they stopped selling in the seventh inning. It, it, yeah, you know, if there's right. a rain delay, they just have to put We're a timer out. on it. After three hours, we have to stop selling alcohol or whatever. I, I am looking forward to not looking forward to that game. If that makes sense, it's just going to be a zoo. That whole week's going to be a zoo. I think I'm going to be at that point. I'm just going to be looking forward to the next week when we can hop on a plane and go to 
Las Vegas. Good point. I'm going to the Ludacris concert the night before the game. So there's the, uh, the iHeart music festivals this the same it weekend. Is? I always say it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they're having two mu- music festivals, man. Nice. Luda got this tough break. He got demoted. Yeah. He's, he he's the one who's Luda- supposed to be the headliner. Lude is not getting to iHeart. He's not that good yet. I'm sure. Uh-huh. I'm sure Bieber will be there. It's gonna. Yeah, that, so point is, Vegas is gonna be just a, a cluster of a situation, but should be fun. Yeah, it should be a good time. Have we heard so any I, more about the tickets situation with that? Uh, I saw. I saw this week that they stopped selling season tickets. I think to for you and did they? That so that that would make sense. They're probably trying to just drive the single games now because they can probably make more. Um, how about this stretch for Iowa State though? You go from the Iowa game to Vegas to Waco, all in a three-week period. I think I hope I have they've that got right. their tent. Uh, yeah, the tent situation already. Ah, that. I mean, we just need to write a book about that whole 2019 season between the tents and the Iowa situation, and man, a lot, a lot of things happened. I think that this entire five-year period, hopefully, will yeah. be culminating with a berth in the first college football playoff uh, in 2023, like that from 2017 to then, yes, there will need to be a book about it because there will be too many things that we'll have to write them early because they'll be forgotten and, or people will not believe or, them to yeah, 20 years or, from now, or at least like a, a long form podcast that we, that we could do, man. Right. So I got a stat I came up with a couple weeks ago that, that fits this narrative. So I got to find it. I wrote it down. So allow me to, is it peruse. something that you would have tweeted out? Normally I did with, tweet it. with I did for tweet reference. It. Oh, okay. Okay. I, this was not a full reference because Iowa was not even close to the conversation, <laughs> but here, here are the seven power five teams in college football that have had winning conference records every single year since 2017. Okay. This is back to your five-year period thing. Here are the, here are the teams, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio state, Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa state. Bunch of elite schools right there since the 2017. Bloods. That's the right. Bloods basically, man, it's been crazy, dude. And I, I think it's still just getting started. It's uh, I'm excited for fall. I'm ready for it to be here. I'm tired of the summer. Well, I'm not tired of the summer, but I'm <laughs> I tired of uh, yeah. not having fun college football team to write about every day. 12 weeks away, everybody 12 weeks away, man. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about before we go? No, everybody enjoy the uh, nice weather and we'll talk to you next week. For sure. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace.